Hello and welcome to the Subnormal Podcast. My name is Lauren and I'm super thankful that you are here dropping in on this beautiful, if you're listening, on the 22nd, this beautiful new moon. Today's um, conversation is with a beautiful artist and yoga teacher and shamanic practitioner, Lindsay Jamison. Lindsay is definitely a super interesting person. Her journey, like all journeys, is of course so radical and so interesting and so filled with layers. And I'm very happy that she came on and decided to share um, you know, what she's getting into now, as well as her artistic journey, her creative journey, and most importantly. The spiritual journey that really ties everything together. Lindsay is a visionary artist with a background in sculpture. She lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not too far from me, actually. Um, she is, I think, definitely an artist that explores a lot. Um, she kind of dives into, she's dove into, dove in into many different things. Um, like I said, she's, uh, was a three-dimensional artist working in glass. And now she is really blooming as a visionary artist, um, drawing and painting a lot of beautiful animals, um, sacred geometry. I feel like color is one of the biggest parts of her artistic language so many colors, so many designs, and it really comes down to the seed of her practice, what really yokes it all together <laughs> with the yoga, the shamanic uh, work that she does is her work with mandalas, which is really, truly beautiful. She is the kind of artist that is a true teacher at heart, and so as we explore and talk today, I would really love to encourage you to dive into the links in the description box to find her. She's offering so many things online, shamanic circles, which I was just at one last night and it was beautiful. Um, it's a shamanic journeying as a, as a group via Zoom. She's been offering yoga classes and all of this is offered donation-based at a sliding scale that makes it really easy or at least easier for people. She really is just here to share her crafts and her talents. And I think that's just so magical. She's been doing so many things, just trying to share with people um, on all those different levels. So I'm very excited to see what comes next and maybe have another conversation <laughs> when she really has everything set up and it's ready to go. But in the meantime, please check out those links, start following her journey. And yeah, let's just dive into it. I'm currently rebranding my business. I am a visual artist, uh, primarily working with painting and drawing and some mixed media. My background's in sculpture. Uh, but 
I'm also a yoga meditation instructor. And so I was going to separate the businesses in my rebranding process, but now in kind of a natural evolution, I'm trying to draw those two businesses together into uh, at first one online course that draws the element of art and meditation and self-inquiry and different spiritual practices together in one online course that could be a um, starting point for other offerings and my new branding goal awesome what um what kind of made you want to marry those two together well, I'm, I've been a visual artist since I was a child. I always knew that I wanted to go in that direction. I ended up going to art school. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Sculpture and Glassblowing. And while I was in college, I found yoga. And I had been meditating before that, and I had gotten into Eastern religion and Eastern mysticism when I was in high school. So that was kind of an entry point into the yogic path before I really knew what yoga was. And so let's see. So I graduated in co from college in 2009 and had an experience that pushed me to go get a yoga teacher training in 2011. So I was kind of bouncing back and forth between being a full-time artist and then I eventually left that in 2013 so that I could pursue the yogic path. And now in 20, I guess, 17, 2018, I've been slowly trying to merge those passions of mine into one path. So mm. I've been playing around with ideas and trying to figure out how to work that. And again, before I was going to separate them completely, but now I realize that's really not the way to go. So I'm mm -hmm. excited for this new uh, journey. I love that. I definitely remember noticing kind of the, the split happening just even through social media, um, seeing that you had an artist page and a yoga page. Um, how has your yogic path influenced your artistic path? Mm, great question. So I was drawn toward the yogic path uh, because of the practice of self-inquiry, getting to know myself better, uh, opening up my lens of perception and awareness. And I, since I was a teenager, I've been looking for something that would give me more of a context of the meaning behind the purpose of life. I was always really into philosophy when I was a teenager. And um, I remember when I was 16, one experience that really fueled this direction was actually a psychedelic experience. I was experimenting uh, with hallucinogenics when I was 16 years old. And I remember that first time it really changed my perception and awareness of life. And with those studies of philosophy and psychology and the different Eastern mysticism traditions that I was interested in, that all of that together really fueled me 
with a passion to just learn more and understand more and that knowing that there was so much more that I was unaware of in life. Mm. And so that really drove me to yoga. And I feel like most of my artistic practice is expressing that journey of discovery and self-inquiry and that passion for understanding life on a deeper level. Mm. That's crazy. That is a like a wild experience. It's interesting to to hear you say that. That's such a young age, but it's also such a young age to have probably that certain level of awareness. Um, how did you integrate that at that time? That's a great question. Well, at that time, uh, being a teenager, I was a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it took a little while to put that into context. Sure. I think that going to art school really helped me to um, kind of shift and integrate those experiences a little bit more. And then also the study of yoga. Um, I remember the, when I decided to go take a yoga teacher training, was back in 2010 and I was working in public schools uh, as a part of AmeriCorps program. Um, and I did a yoga practice. And when I was laying in Shavasana, I felt my soul lift up out of my body. And it, it was the first experience I had ever had where there was this kind of disconnect that I was feeling like a separation of myself, which opened up a door to some of the philosophy that I had been learning about and different things um, about, well, what is, what is consciousness and what is this experience, the spiritual experience and what does mm -hmm. it mean? And so, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm answering the question at this point, I feel like I'm going <laughs> off on a rant. Uh, but that, that really is kind of that interconnection. Once I started having more of these experiences, my awareness was being honed through my meditation and yoga practices and my art practices as well. And um, they're just so deeply integrated because my art ends up being a reflection of those experiences that I have had from my spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I, it's interesting to know how far back that kind of that that story that like that openness goes for you, and to kind of see um, see that transformation because you are definitely an artist who's worked in so many different mediums. What medium are you currently like really working with and jiving with in this integration? Sure. So. First, I want to give a little um, history, background history. I mentioned I went to uh, University of the Arts for sculpture, and I got into glass blowing while I was there, and that became a really strong passion of mine. So when I left um, the University of the Arts, I ended up pursuing glass blowing as a career, and I did that until about 2013. And I, at that point, felt like I was really out of alignment with my life path. I had um, a big kind of like spiritual knock on the door. I was in a big car accident that really jolted me and made me aware that I wasn't paying attention to, to certain signs and signals that it was time to change something. 
And so at that point, I decided, okay, I need to pursue yoga. I need to pursue meditation and these practices because that's really what my soul is calling me toward. So at that point, I stopped making art for a few months in that transition. I was really jaded by my experience in the glass world. And eventually I needed to create something, you know, as an artist, when you don't create, it can really take a toll. So I said, all right, I'm going to start drawing again. So I started creating mandalas actually, because I realized that the symbol of the circle, the wholeness of the circle and the representation of the practice of mandalas really interconnects with the yogic path and consciousness and that goal of self-realization. So I got back into 2D work, which I hadn't been doing since high school. So now I'm back to that. I'm painting again, I'm drawing, I'm doing some mixed media work. I'd like to create some sculptures again eventually in the future, but right now I'm really focusing on painting, drawing, and the 2D realm. I love what you said about um, the the circle and the yogic practice, really like connecting those together. It feels like that's almost like a seed for you where these two combine. Is that true? Absolutely. And that is what my focus moving forward is going to be because <laughs> that integration is so uh, seamless. You know, it's the same same seed within both practices, creating mandalas and also sacred geometry, studying the basic forms and shapes of life and understanding how they're all interconnected and all interwoven and um, the yogic practices. Mm, I love that. Um, I do know that you've been teaching um, mandala workshops uh, for a while now. Would you like to speak about that a little more, maybe your experiences in teaching that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I've been an educator for about 10 years now, and I just love, I love teaching. I love sharing the things that I'm passionate about, the tools that um, have brought me to where I am. I'm really passionate about sharing that. And so the mandala workshops are wonderful because I integrate meditation and an understanding that art is a meditation practice. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. people have a hard time sitting down quieting mind. And so the mandalas are a really wonderful and simple way to learn how to create and express yourself under um, a a non-judgmental and like low pressure environment. Uh, At least that's how I try to create my workshops as a, a facilitation for inner healing and just allowing yourself to be guided to let whatever comes out out onto the paper or the canvas or whatever we're working on, but through the context of the mandala, because what it does is it literally facilitates this process of self-inquiry. Carl Jung, the famous psychoanalyst, actually studied creating mandalas. He'd make one every day in his journal and started working with his patients creating mandalas, and he realized that this is a process of a reflection of what's happening within our psyche and so we're letting the unconscious and subconscious thoughts and experiences come out into the form of the circle and he also realized that this was a way that we could draw fragmented pieces of our psyche back in to wholeness 
And there's a lot of power <laughs> behind that. Wow. Yo, I'm just like, I'm like, whoa, that really, uh, that was a, a really delicious bite into, into that process. Holy cow. I'm not, I, I was not aware of that. So that was really, thank you for sharing that. That's, I'm going to think about that more, um, today for sure. Um, wow. I know you've also, um, integrated, um, some sacred geometry in your work as well. Do you feel like this, that, that artwork really interweaves into, um, the same principles for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the mandalas and the sacred geometry really go hand in hand, but I feel like in terms of um, education, the mandalas are a nice gateway into that deeper science mm -hmm. of sacred geometry. And, and what sacred geometry is, is really ancient math and science and nature. It is the foundation of uh, our existence and when we start to look at different patterns within nature we can notice that they all have a relationship to numbers and to shapes and so sacred geometry basically lays down a framework for how to understand the patterns of uh, the basis of life which is really mm. powerful and so you can break down the numbers you know from zero to ten and each of those numbers has a different archetype and personality and different characteristics to them and it is also a path of personal development when you start to get into learning these interconnections of the archetypes and the shapes and the patterns and the deeper meaning behind everything. It really helps to uh, draw things into context. So I think the mandalas are a really great way to start exploring the beginning of that. Mm. And yeah, they're just really wonderful practices for self-development and transformation and really weave into the spiritual practices of yoga and meditation and uh, even shamanism. I, I'm a shamanic practitioner and um, that's something that's a little bit newer for me that I've integrated in the past three years, um, mm -hmm. but it's a really powerful practice as well and I can see those reflections in the sacred geometry work as well. Mm. And on the note of shamanism, I'd love for you to um, share how you got into that modality because I know it definitely is something that's relatively new for you. How, how did you get involved with that? Sure. Um, so it's about to get a little heady. <laughs> so it, uh, I've always had a pretty strong intuition and I, I, I try to have as open of a mind as possible. And so in 2017, uh, one of my family members passed away, one of my very close cousins. And when he passed away, I was having a very visceral experience where I could still communicate with him. I could still see him, uh, like the energy of him. Um, I could feel him holding my hand when I was lying down in bed in the middle of the night. I, a lot, my senses just kind of exploded and I was having a, uh, at first I thought it was a psychosis, <laughs> honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was having a really deep spiritual experience where the, the 
ordinary realm of consciousness and the non-ordinary unseen worlds were just blurring together for me. And so I had a really potent, um, probably two and a half, three weeks experience of this connection with him. And that made me realize that I needed some tools and some resources to put this experience into context. So I ended up, uh, a friend referred me to another friend who's a psychic medium and I went to see her and she really helped me understand what was happening uh, mm -hmm. and a little bit of a context for that. And then I realized, wow, I need some teachers. I need to start reaching out and finding uh, different systems and schools of thought and tools to work with this because this is a lot <laughs> you know and i had a weird experience where uh there was like another spirit attached to him that came in and started uh haunting my house to the point where my husband and my dog were experiencing that kind of shift between the realms so wow. uh, then that really made me realize okay i need to to, I need help. I need to figure yeah. out a path that's going to uh, help me understand what this is. And that mm -hmm. is what led me to find the shamanism. But interestingly enough, I had dabbled in exploring shamanism years ago, probably about seven, eight years ago. I went to a shamanic journey at someone's house. It was very random. I didn't know, know who they were. I just saw it in like a paper, maybe an ad, and I thought, oh, I need to go do this. <laughs> so I, I kind of like dabbled years ago, but it didn't, it didn't stick at that time. I think I just wasn't ready. It wasn't the right time. And so it brought me back having these experiences. It's kind of like big transition. It was a big life transition. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so powerful. And it really does speak to, to timing and when it is right and when it's not. Um, you get messages when it's definitely right. That's definitely wild. What a crazy experience. Absolutely. And to tie it all back to the sacred geometry, when we're aware and we're paying attention to the patterns in nature and the patterns in life, we can also help put things into context. For example, uh, around that time when he passed, I was seeing foxes everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And I didn't completely put the pieces together. I was doing research like, okay, what's the meaning behind this? Why am I seeing these foxes? There must be some symbolism or messaging here. And sure. um, so I made a piece of art that had a fox in it. And when I started on the shamanic path, I realized that that is one of my main helping spirits in the lower world, that fox. But not only that, the fox represented family, camouflage, being seen and unseen and navigating that world and that realm. Um, and, and the fox is very family oriented. They have their territory. And my cousin was coming to me because uh, there was a lot of complex things happening in his life before he passed and he needed help with mm -hmm. his family and so he came to me for that and yeah very interesting so when you're looking at the patterns behind your experiences you're recognizing that there's significance and it can just brighten up 
the experience of life and understanding. Wow, that's amazing. That's spoken like a true teacher. Uh, oh, thanks. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I guess one thing I would love to dive into as well, I know um, shamanism is something that um, there's many different modalities. Uh, I guess not modalities is the best word, but teachers of um, shamanism. And I'd love for you to speak more on your kind of, I'm not sure what the word would be, but um, where your lineage lies. Because I think that context is really important for people, especially now. Um, I know that there's definitely, um, you know, there's always the concern of like, where is this lineage coming from? So I'd love for you to speak on that more. Absolutely. Uh, so I have been studying with um, the foundation of shamanic studies, which their practice is called core shamanism. And this was developed by Michael Harner, who was an anthropologist. And he studied with uh, many indigenous tribes and did a lot of research and realized that there was common threads among many traditions and many indigenous peoples around the world. And so in order to not culturally appropriate a tradition that uh, you're not a part of, he created a system drawing these commonalities from all of these traditions to make it accessible which I really appreciate because I don't feel comfortable, you know, say going to Peru and studying with queer shamans where I, that's not my background. That's not my lineage. Of course, I'd love to learn, but then I wouldn't feel comfortable going and teaching those things personally. Um, not to say that that's necessarily wrong if you get the blessing from that um, culture, but so Core shamanism is great because, again, it, it, it's accessible. So journeying, I've been doing a lot of journeying. I've taken a few of the trainings through the foundation. Uh, I did a death, dying, and beyond training, which was really powerful. I did that after my father passed away, and that was a really powerful gateway to understand that I can literally travel and go communicate with souls that have crossed over and um, I took an extraction training, although I'm not practicing that, um, right now I'm, I'm really tuned into the journeying aspect. And when you're journeying, what you're doing is you're crossing into non-ordinary reality. I use a drum beat or rattles and what you do is you travel to meet your compassionate helping spirits and you ask for guidance, ask for wisdom. Uh, sometimes you can get uh, healing in these sessions. You know, you, you go into this journey with an intention or a question. And I find it really powerful because instead of putting my spiritual practice and my beliefs into the hands of somebody else, another human, I can actually just journey into the realm of spirit and directly ask my guides for assistance and how to move forward. So I, I also appreciate that from core shamanism as well, because you really, you contact your spirit helpers, your compassionate spirit helpers, and then they give you that context for what rituals you might want to perform or 
how you might go about your practice. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. that. Yeah, that's beautiful. What has been kind of the biggest thing to come out of um, your work with that? I mean, it sounds like there was definitely a lot that was coming through that you were able to um, really uh, probably translate better. But is there something that besides, I guess really not besides, what has really come through for you that's been the most um, influential through your experience with that? Mm, a good question. Um, understanding that there's so much more to this life experience than what we can actually see with our, our limited senses and functions, that's been incredibly powerful. And that's been helping me answer some of those questions that I started asking when I was that teenager looking into all these mystical traditions and trying to understand the meaning of life and get a context for this life experience and being able to translate those experiences that, you know, most people would probably say, oh yeah, you're just crazy. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. to translate those experiences through my art and continue to experience these things and, and continue to get this kind of confirmation that this unseen realm really does exist and is really, uh, uh, quite real has been really profound and mm. I've always loved pushing the boundaries of things uh, pushing the boundaries of understanding the unknown that's always been a really big draw for me um, and so that has been really wonderful with this practice being able to push those boundaries and explore consciousness and I've realized mm. through all these years and all of these studies that's really what I want to understand better is awareness and consciousness and uh, what that means. What What is that? And how is our human experience um, influenced by consciousness? And, and honestly, we still don't know what consciousness is or where it exists. And it's just this big, fat mystery. Mm. Um, you know, it's the big unknown. And so I love especially the visionary art scene because I'm seeing all of these artists kind of pushing these boundaries of consciousness and being able to um, use the symbols and the archetypes to create these pieces that can show people that there's so much more to reality than mm. what we're actually seeing. Yeah. Just open our minds a little bit more and look at our belief sets and look at those limitations that mm. are keeping us back from experiencing that bigger picture. Mm. I love that. I would love to know also, um, that's such a, a great download to sit with, um, <laughs> but to kind of like, you know, you brought up visionary art. How do you on just a daily level, when you're working in your studio, when you're painting, um, just getting into it, what is kind of your um, practice for you to really like tap into that magic, into that like visionary space where you're just really illuminating, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'd say it's always, I don't have a particular routine or ritual that I do every time, although I have been considering how that might 
shift and enhance my practice. So I'll be dabbling with that. But I do really enjoy having a yoga and meditation and maybe even a journey session before I start creating because it puts me into um, a state of consciousness and just hones my awareness so that then I can get into a flow state and just let spirit flow through and control what's happening on the canvas instead of letting my mind control what's happening on the canvas and so sometimes I notice there's like a little struggle between the two but it, it, it's always good to be able to get into that flow state and mm. just let things uh, be transmitted essentially out into the artwork so if I yeah. meditate and I practice I definitely feel that more uh, but it, it depends too if I'm out live painting oftentimes I can draw off the energy of the people around me and the conversations that I'm having and the music that's playing which is always great so um you know it depends it depends but that's the goal getting into the flow state yeah absolutely and I think it's really interesting to acknowledge that um about live painting at least, because live painting, I feel like can be, it's, it is such a different beast. It, you're in a different environment and it really does like, you know, whatever, if, if there's a good band playing, there's some good art flowing. If there's not, then, you know, you just kind of make do with it. <laughs> um, oh, and I guess this is an interesting question I just thought of, but, um, you know, you are a, a live painter. Is there, any events, I know things are rapidly changing. Is there any events that you're hoping to go to this summer that are possibly still happening? What's kind of on the horizon for you? <sighs> I know, kind of sad. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens, but next up, Beard Fest uh, was rescheduled for August and mm. I'm a part of a live art performance group called Rumpus, and we create these really fun murals behind the stage as the bands are playing all day, and we have different spots set up all over the campground to do live painting and dancing and performing. So I'd really love for that to happen because that's always such a magical experience, collaborating with people and just enjoying that, that energy. Um, and I always love seeing what we create. and. After that Floyd Yoga Jam down in Virginia, and I just took over helping to direct the art tent down there. And so I'm really hoping that that happens. Um, we shall see. Um, and then what else? Well, tomorrow night I'm actually doing a Zoom event where I'm live painting for a uh, electronic music event and I think that's called substratum I'd be happy to send some info if you're interested in that oh yeah yeah and uh, I've been doing live streams with my partner so so my partner Taylor he's the bassist in a band called solar circuit but he also has his solo project that he's been working really hard on uh, during the stay-at-home order and so we've been setting up and he's figured out how to stream through twitch and youtube and facebook all at the same time so i'll set oh, up wow. canvas and he sets up his little like bass and electronic setup and then we'll jam out together and stream which has been really fun 
Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. And that's such a great collaboration for both of you, for sure. And then it's also like, you know, just artists adapting to the circumstance, still showing up and sharing. I think that's really powerful. And actually on that note, I would love for you to share where everyone can find you and get linked up with this. Yes. So I'm on Facebook. I have many <laughs> sources where you can find me there. Uh, look for me, Lindsay Jameson Art. I also have another page, Lindsay Jameson Art and Yoga. I have a group page where I'm posting all of the streams of the yoga and meditation classes that I've been doing on Facebook and keeping a catalog for people to be able to, to take classes whenever they want. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm under lindsayjameson.art. Uh, and my website is my name, Lindsay Jameson. Jameson with an I, not an E, not the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's lindsayjamesonart.com for the website. And I'm still working on my website. And uh, as I move forward, I'll probably have another new platform with this new online course that I'm developing for self-inquiry and, and mandala meditation. Mm. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I definitely, I feel like that'll be a good conversation for another day to dive in with that once it is really becoming birth and like coming out. Um, so yeah, just thank you for being here and sharing all of that with us. I feel like I have a lot to... Uh, think about as I listen back to this. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this new project and can't wait to hear all of the other artists interviews. Thank you for setting this up. Yeah, thank you. Hello again, and thank you for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. Um, I just wanted to circle back around with a little intention because I think it's important, especially on this, the dark moon, the new moon, um, this kind of shadow realm that we're diving into and also this consciousness expanding that we kind of talked about so much with Lindsay, our really dove into together um, to kind of just circle back and um, put something out there, even if it's a little strange, because we got strange today. This is the Subnormal Cup podcast. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's art in the weird world we live in. Hello. Um, yeah. For this new moon, I really just want to share that as artists, some of you might be artists, some of you might be creatives, and some of you might be feeling blocked through this whole experience, this whole quarantine that we're experiencing. Um, and just acknowledge that things might get, you know, you might have experienced some weird stuff as we're in this collective space. I'm really just ground with you. Um, that I hope as you listen to Lindsay's interview, her conversation, that if you are feeling strange, if, if things are getting weird, <laughs> to just really sit with that and tap into that. Um, I know for me personally, it's been really hard to be creative 
through this quarantine and that's okay. Wherever you are with this experience is totally valid. Whatever your experiences are, they are always valid. And I say that as not trying to not trying to say that in a way that we can um, spiritually bypass certain things that maybe are uncomfortable, but as a way of like having real permission to sit with something that's uncomfortable or something that is strange, something you can't explain and really give yourself permission to process with it and open yourself to what that is coming here to share with you. Um, and I say that as something, as someone who's really listened to this conversation with Lindsay, I just think it's important that we give ourselves space to do that just as she has, you know. Lindsay shared some really amazing, potent magic in her conversation. And if there's one thing I hope you got out of this conversation is to really allow yourself to peer into the places that maybe seem strange or uncomfortable and just really hold compassion and love for that. And I also say that as someone who's been incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> through this um, through this quarantine. And you know, I'm speaking that even from a place of privilege. Um, I have so much to be thankful for. But in this time, there's still so much for us to dive into and to process. And I just hope if one thing comes out of listening to this podcast today, a little intention for now Gemini season, um, is that you don't turn away from that opportunity to sit with something strange and uncomfortable for your growth. But anyway, thank you so much again. Thank you for making it to this part of the podcast, the, uh, the extra levels in the back end. And yeah, be good and be safe. Bye.